Welcome to Mighty Parenting, a podcast with real, raw, and relevant talk about raising teens and parenting young adults. Welcome to Mighty Parenting, a community where we help you raise teens and parent 20-somethings so they can become happy, successful, and emotionally healthy adults. I'm Sandy Fowler, stress relief coach, speaker, and host of the Mighty Parenting podcast, reminding you to go to mightyparenting.com to get your free email series on how to talk to your teen. We all want our kids to be happy, to be able to handle whatever life throws at them and still thrive. Our guest today helps families do just that. Her name is Angela Karanja. She is an inspirational mentor and motivator of both teenagers and parents of teenagers. She can be found online at raisingremarkableteenagers.com. And today she's giving us insights into how we can raise highly effective teenagers. Angela, welcome to Mighty Parenting. Thank you so much, Sandy. I am so, so grateful, so filled with appreciation for you inviting me to come and speak to your parents here. I am so, so excited and I'm so looking forward to the conversation. Thank you. Thank you. I am looking forward to this too, Angela. I I think this is going to be very interesting and before we get into like what these habits are and developing mm-hmm. habits and things, I'd actually like to know what you mean when you talk about highly effective teenagers. Wow, that's quite interesting. I have worked with young people. I've worked with teenagers for over 20 years, empowering them and um, helping them become effective in fact, highly effective teenagers. And obviously now I also show parents how to help their their young people become highly effective teenagers. So when you ask what these highly effective uh, habits are, when because of how long I have worked with teenagers as well, I am a psychologist. So you can imagine the research I have done over the years And what I found is that at the bottom of everything that we want, there are these five habits, these five habits that can make your young person, that can make your teenager highly effective. And what do we mean by highly effective? If you think about Erickson, I'm going to talk about Eric Erickson. He talks about maturing, helping young people, people mature to a point of what we call interdependence, going beyond independence. So when we get our children, when they are young, they are dependent on us and then we help them become independent. And then most of us settle at independence, but there is that higher level of maturity where there is independence. This is where your young person is not only able to manage themselves, and that means managing themselves, managing their emotions, but they are able to relate with other people. They are able to relate and function highly in a society. Now, that is what we call highly effective. That is reaching that level of interdependence. 
That's really interesting because I think often as parents, we're just aiming for that independence, right? Mm -hmm. After all these years of Mm -hmm. raising our kids and taking care of them and teaching them and showing them how to grow, Mm -hmm. we do. We just kind of get to this, I almost, I guess I'm thinking of as almost a tunnel vision of get them grown, get them independent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we don't necessarily think beyond that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And this, and that is the level that we want to think about. Most of us just think of independent, right? It is all good to be independent, but how do you relate with other people? How do you add value to the world? How do you become of importance to the world? How do you give your talents to the world as well as being of service? How do you accept other people's talents? How do you receive service? Because we are here to serve each other. In fact, Erickson, again, I'll quote him because he's one of my favorite uh, psychologists that ever lived, actually. He dealt with with the, the identity crisis in teenage and young people's life. What, what he said is, life has no meaning if we have not reached that level of independence. Why? Because we depend on each other. We have a symbiosis relationship. For us to be able to thrive, we need to be able to give as well as be able to receive. And that is where that interdependence comes in. I love that idea. That's something that, well, is kind of a pet peeve of mine is <laughs> I understand that we want to teach our children to give and we say, oh, it's better to give than receive. And mm-hmm. every time I hear that, I just cringe because exactly what you said, that's an inter- interdependent relationship. In order for me to give, somebody has to be willing to receive. So Absolutely. receiving is just as important and just as much of a gift as giving. Absolutely. I love what you're saying, Sandy, because we need to know that as much as we are important, as much as we are talented, as much as we can give, other people have got the same. They can give. You know that feeling you feel when you give someone, right? We we ought to be ready to allow other people to feel the same, to feel that because it's in that giving and receiving that we have that the expansion in the world, really. That's what it is about. As they say in giving that you receive, but I believe it's also in receiving that you give. And absolutely, absolutely. I love that your work is going to that place. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we take our kids even beyond? the being independent to this place of giving and receiving and being of service to the world, Mm -hmm. which is where we find that, Mm -hmm. that real deep joy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what we want for them. We want them to experience that deep joy 
yeah, in giving, but also in receiving, because there is some sort of well-being. You know, there is flow, there is well-being. I want you to think about um, what we call um, fresh river, you know, fresh river or fresh lakes. Mm -hmm. Why is it that we call them fresh lakes? Why do we call them fresh lakes? It's because they are able to let go of some water, but they are also able to receive. And that is why they are called fresh lakes. Interesting. Okay, so of course, all of this begs the question, yes, we all want our kids to be that happy. Yes, we want them to be responsible adults who are not only taking care of themselves, but mm -hmm. being good citizens in the world. Mm -hmm. So what are the five habits that we would like to instill in our children? Absolutely. Uh, you want to hear these and they are very easy to remember because I have ordered them in terms of the five R's, right? So we've got the first R is being respectful. And then we have responsible. And then we have radiant. And then we have, uh, we, we have uh, resilience. And then we have, which one is the other one? We are forgetting the other one. We are. <laughs> I, will, I will speak about it. I'll speak about it in a minute. I, I think I just got excited. I'm just, get, I'm just feeling so excited. I wanted to talk about respectful and why we talk about respect as the first one and then responsible and then resilient and then robust and then we have radiant, right? So those mm -hmm. are the five habits of highly effective teenagers. And these are habits, you know, after looking at everything that we want as parents after looking at those high performing young people and when I mean high performing I don't mean just education I don't mean just young people who are you know what what we call intelligent I'm talking about I'm talking about a young person who can draw something from, from nothing. I'm talking about a young person who can focus on, on something and bring it to life. I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about diverse, a diverse uh, spectrum of young people, not just the usual thing. We think, oh, if you're getting the A's in school, it's all good to get the A's in school, but what other things, how do you relate with other people? How is your self-care? How do you respect other people? How do you respect yourself? So the, those five habits, when we talk about them, is re being respectful, being responsible, being resilient, being uh, radiant, and being robust. Okay, but you said respectful comes first it mm -hmm. sounds like that's a real foundational building block uh, absolutely and this is the reason we think respectful comes first right and when I talk about respect this is that understanding it starts with understanding how magnificent you are right understanding how powerful 
you are as a person. This, when I speak to young people, and also when I speak to parents, and I ask them to help their young people understand how much potential they've got and respect that, you see? That is the foundation, respecting yourself because it's, it's from respecting yourself that you are able to see just how magnificent you are. And then you are able to understand, oh my goodness, that other person is just as magnificent as I am. So you are looking at life in wonder. That is being respectful. Well, any parent who has ever worked with their teen to maybe it's a homework assignment, maybe Mm -hmm. it's a college essay, but Mm -hmm. anything where they have to talk about their strengths, their abilities, Mm -hmm. knows that helping our kids to understand how magnificent and powerful they are Mm -hmm. could be quite a challenge. So Mm -hmm. how can we go about helping them see this? How you can, how we help them to understand this is from, let's, let's even assume, let, if you haven't done it from when they're young, you can always start now, right? It's taught, you know, how you speak to them. What are the words you're using to them, about them and of them, right? So think in terms of, for, for example, you have your you have your your teenager. I have a teenager myself. I have teenager and I've got her friends are my teenage kids as well. I call them my kids as well because <laughs> when they hang around here, I'm their mother. <laughs> when they go, <laughs> when they go to my friend's house, you're the mother at that time, or you're the father at that time. And 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 that's that's just the way it is. And and that's the village, really. That's what I call the village. So how we can help them understand is what we say about them, right? And what we say to them and what we say of them, right? There's something I call watch your language, right? Because our words have the power to kill or they have the power to heal, right? And there's one thing I talk about a lot. When we got our little children, when we got them, when they came through us, right, whether they came through us through birth or we adopted them or we are fostering them, they have come to us, right? And the reason these kids come to us is so that we can continue facilitating life to go on. So our job as parents, as mentors, as anyone any connection that you have with a young person, you ought to be a conduit of life, right? You are a conduit of life and not a constrictor of life. So in terms of words, what do we say about them? For example, when my my daughter, I started using these positive words and and a lot of praise from when she was young. And, and now she, she knows these things have become the, the, the words, the value of the person she is. She has internalized that now. Now she speaks that of herself. But then I also meet sometimes her friends who are teenagers and, and they have so much doubt, right? And how you can start is by saying, you know, little things. 
For example, oh, your nails look lovely, right? Just something, pick something that is true. Don't, don't be deceptive, right? Because they can look and see it, it's got to be something factual, right? They may resist at first, right? But just say it as a matter of fact, right? And then you talk about is, oh, that is, that is quite something, you know? Talk about that is quite something. You should be proud of that, right? And that is how people, people begin to respect themselves when they discover actually, I've got something. I am something, right? I am something. I've got something. That means I am of value. I'm not only of value to this person who's telling me, maybe I could be of value to the world, but it's got to start somewhere. So how you start, how you start helping them respect themselves is by introducing those positive thoughts, those positive comments, those praise comments in their lives. That's how respect starts. And that just goes back to, I think, really listening Absolutely. to what our kids are saying and what they're mm -hmm. doing, because mm -hmm. we can pull out examples of mm -hmm. their virtues, their kindness, their caring, mm -hmm. their loving, their mm -hmm. creativity. Mm -hmm. If we listen to them telling us about even just small things that happen mm -hmm. in their lives, and then we can turn it around. If they're telling us about their friend having a problem or even mm -hmm. just make a passing comment, mm -hmm. we can say, that was very loving of you. You're a very loving person to Brilliant. sit and listen to her. Absolutely. Absolutely. And those are some of them. When I talk about uh, robust, which I will talk about it later, those are the values. You know, you're, you're, you're empowering your young people to have values such as being um, grateful. You're empowering them to be kind. You're empowering them to be loving. You're empowering them to be generous. That is, you know, they have a value system that is robust right? What you're talking about, listening, when we listen in, when we listen in, and sometimes they will not talk, especially our teenagers, sometimes they won't talk. But be observant, listen, listen, listen with your whole self. And listen, see, notice their shoes, notice, you know, notice anything. And make sure because everyone has got something positive. If we look hard enough to notice, even the, I tell you what, Sandy, I have worked even in prisons, in young offending institutes. And the one thing, and the one thing that I found is that if you lean in and listen, even the, the young person with the ugliest, ugliest habits, right? They've got something. And what we can do to help them develop that respect for themselves is to pick on that thing and then start, you know, look at it. It's, a, it's like a little fire and then start fanning it, fanning it. And as you fan it, it gets bigger. It gets bigger. It gets bigger, right? And that is what, that, that's what we as parents need to start doing because most of the times, we are quick to notice what they do wrong, right? Or what they haven't done, right? 
Right. But it's easy. <laughs> it's, it's, very, it's easy. It's, it's easy. It's there. We, we notice there. They're, you know, for example, I've had some of my, some of my, if, including my daughter herself, you know, teenagers, they like to roll their eyes, right? Of course. <laughs> they like to roll their eyes. And then I look at her, I'm like, woo, those eyes, they must be, and they, they must, they must be very masculine, you know, they must, they, they must have loads of muscle. Why? Because you roll them, you know, and every time you roll them, you're exercising them. So we turn it into not a weapon, not as weaponry, we turn it into something positive because let truth be known, when they do that, they're actually exercising their eyes. And okay. it's actually a healthy thing, actually. <laughs> Did you know that? I did not ever think of it that way, Angela. I love that. I and love that. And that's why I'm saying in everything, in everything, look for the positive in it. Because, and you know, the, the first time I told one of the kids that they were like, no, that's not. And I said, no, actually, some of us have to remember to do our own eye exercises, right? But you do it so easily. So your, your strength, the, eye, the, the strength of your eyes must be, must be quite high. And they laugh about it, right? That which is different from had I approached it as, what's wrong with you? Whoa, wh why are you, you know? You start a conversation. That's how you start conversations, healing conversations. And that starts to make them, you know, th that's how you, you not only earn respect, but you also show that you respect them. Right? So, yes. th th yeah, that's, that, that's what happens. And it's, um, it's, it's a very interesting, um, it's a actually, it's a very interesting psychological phenomenon that what we project, right? we make people believe they are that which we project. I, I <laughs> didn't think about that before, but that's true. Mm -hmm. it, it's certainly something as I'm sitting here and I'm, I quickly play through for mm -hmm. my own life, for my children, mm. that's what happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Angie, let me ask you, we have the five respectful, responsible, resilient, yes. radiant, mm -hmm. and robust. One more, which would be the next that you'd want us to know about as parents? Wow. Which one would I like everyone to know? I would love you all to know about res being responsible and how you can help them to be responsible. I would like you as well to know how you can help them be resilient because resilience is another one. I've just talked briefly about robust, having that value system that propels them forward. I'm going to talk about radiant, which is usually the last one. And that doesn't mean it's by any way or any means least. Radiance. And what do I mean by radiance? Radiance is having that positive outlook in life, right? Having a positive outlook, having that it's, it's like faith. It's like belief. It's like knowing that this can be done. Things can change for the better. And being not only that for yourself, because you have to give that to yourself first, knowing that that can happen, but then also being the candle that lights other people's, people's lives, right? So when I speak to young people about being radiant, 
I talk about them being a candle, a candle or being like the light or being like the sun, right? What does the sun do? The sun shows up every morning, right? Mm-hmm. It shows up every morning. And then we've got some people who will still mourn about the day, even though the sun has showed up, right? But then we've also got some other people who will come out and dance because the sun is out, right? So you show up, that's radiance. And then what does the light do? What does the sun do? Everything. Yeah, absolutely. Not just light, there is warmth. So what happens when you become a radiant young person, right? What happens is just like all plants gravitate towards the direction of light, the direction of the sun, that is what happens, right? You begin to attract people who want to grow, right? You begin to be the giver of life. You're you're like a giver of life, right? But at the same time, you are I I talk about the sun. When I talk to them about the sun, I also talk to them about the moon because the sun comes out and then in the evening it goes back and it also allows the moon to shine in the night, right? So Mm -hmm. it takes takes its position, you know, it, it takes its position brilliantly in majesty, right? It's not unafraid. And also... The sun does not stop being the sun because there are clouds, right? So that's what, when I talk about radiance and how to to become a radiant person, I'm talking to young people about knowing that the clouds will be there. But even though the clouds are covering you, and that means challenges, that doesn't mean that you're not still the sun. You are still the sun, Right. So it's taking your position confidently, taking your position confidently, showing up when you need to show up. Right. Giving when you need to give to to give and also taking your taking that break. Right. So those are the things I talk radiance. It's it's a very it's a very powerful when I speak to young people about this and they look they're like oh my goodness I never thought about it like that and I say to them that's another habit of being a highly effective young person because you understand who you are your brilliance understand your brilliance understand you were made to shine and but also understand that there are other people for example the moon let it let it let everything happen let everyone unfold in their own way right right so again as parents how do we support this and encourage this and teach this to our teens Absolutely. That, that's, that's a really good question, Sandy, you ask, because to be able to teach all these five R's, right, you need to be them. Because as you and I know, it is impossible to give what you do not have. Right? Mm-hmm. So this is why I encourage parents, be first, learn what it is that you need to teach. Because Many of our teenagers, many of our young people, 
They don't learn from teaching. They catch. Yeah? So all these habits are not taught, really. They are caught. So what I tell and I speak to parents about is we need to be the models. We need to be the mentors and we need to be motivators, right? And those are the three M's of influence, right? If we want our teenagers to be that which we hope them to be, if we want them to acquire those five habits of highly effective teenagers, we must be willing to adopt them in ourselves so that we are able to model them, right? Again, this is another psychological aspect we call modeling. Modeling is when people are copying from you. They be, and because you are that which they, you want them to be, they can easily see that it benefits you. And so they are happy to copy it, right? So that's modeling. And then the mentoring is when you can actually encourage someone, when you encourage someone to be that which you want them to be. And the reason you are in a position to mentor them is because they have faith in you. They can see it's working for you. And then we have the other M, which is motivating. That way, you are encouraging them, you're propping them, you're supporting them. And the reason you're able to support them is because you have the strength. Again, you, it is impossible to give that which you do not have. It's impossible for any of us, any of us to rescue someone when we ourselves are in the doldrums, isn't it? I mean, even... Think, I want you to think about this, Sandy. Even in basic, um, you know, in, in basic health, in, in basic first aid, they say, look after yourself first before you go and rescue someone. Think about some of us who, who fly in the aeroplane. What does it say? If, you, if, if, there is, if there is an emergency, what do they say to us? Make Not sure your, your oxygen mask because you can't help your kids or anyone uh, else if you're passed out. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And that is a very basic concept for all of us, you know, but sometimes we, we don't all understand that. And it's not, it's no fault of anyone because these are not things we, we, we got taught by anyone, you know, we're just learning them. I mean, and some people are in more fortunate positions to be in research. For example, I do a lot of research, researching the teenager's brain, what motivates, what motivates them, the neuroscience of, of behavior. So some people are in a position to understand that. And not anyone needs to understand everything. I mean, we don't all need to understand the the everything really all we need to know is if i want to influence my young person for example if you're asking your young person to to not nag if you don't want them to nag you and you're the, you're the first nagger how how does that work how do you know it's 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 just being aware of ourselves first right looking after ourselves first then we can look after our young people 
Absolutely. And the beauty of this, you mentioned, Angela, the idea that maybe we didn't learn how to do this, but the beauty of that is we can learn it now and we can tell our teens, hey, Mm -hmm. I'm working on this. And Mm -hmm. then they see us working on that. Mm -hmm. So that also is modeling it. And I appreciate so much everything you have shared with us here today. All of these insights were so wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us and taking time to be with us and share all of this with us today, Angela. I am so, so delighted, Sandy, that you gave me the opportunity. So we just went on chatting and chatting and actually didn't finish everything we planned to chat. But thankfully, it's been a joy just to chat with you and to share some of these um, some of these ideas because it's, it's in it's in sharing really that we all grow and I believe I believe strongly in all of us rising as as a as a community rising as um a, as a nation rising as a world because for 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 me I don't I don't think there is any joy in me going higher by myself. It doesn't give me joy. The joy I get is when I'm rising and other parents are rising with me. It's a party. Now that's when the party is, right? Not when, not when one person is down there suffering. No, that's not, that's no, that's no achievement for me. So I am so, so grateful for this opportunity that you've given us. And even this 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 forum for us to discuss these ideas, you know? Well, thank you, Angela. I, I very much appreciate that. And Mighty Parents, thank you for being here. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please rate, review, and share it on iTunes. That will help other parents find it as well. And remember to visit mightyparenting.com. I have a free email series for you on how to talk to your teen. And I've gotten some great feedback on it, like this note from Pam, where she said, Sandy, this is really wonderful and wise advice. Thank you. I'm a single mom raising 13-year-old boys. Wow, what a ride. This is really a delightful and worthwhile email. So happy I signed up. And I rarely say that. Well, thank you, Pam, for sharing that with me. I am so grateful that you're finding value here for you and your twin boys. And thank you, all you mighty parents, for joining me today and being part of the Mighty Parenting community. Remember that you are a mighty parent. You got this. And I will see you next week.